candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is all right I close my eyes Then I drift away Welcome back to Fall of Delta Speed, 1963. We are running short one agent this evening. Greg Lamont has been detailed off for some uh, work-sensitive thing that he just can't get out of, uh, so he won't be in session tonight. We can task him with some off-screen activities once we get a little momentum going. But we have the rest of our agents here this evening. So as usual, we'll uh, have our agents introduce themselves, uh, tell us what they're drinking, and and they are not prepared for this question. Uh, tell me one thing their agent is hoping to learn or accomplish in this session. <laughs> mm. And we'll start with Ty. All right. Uh, I am... Uh... Offer. I am playing Willie Kane. Willie is a CIA operative uh, based in Saigon, um, and he's getting his first introduction to uh, the weirdness uh, that is part of Delta Green. Um, and I'm drinking uh, ice water, and I I think it's time to figure out what uh, Conan and and uh, the journal we're up to, what what their relationship uh, has been. I mean, we know that there was an, an attempt to, probably not first time, but who knows? But why? Why? Why the money? Who, why is he? Why yep. is Conan paying off the general? That that will be a. Uh, I anticipate you'll have a, a better idea about that by the end of the session. So. Uh, that's good. Uh, and uh, Jason, you want to go next? Sure. Um, I am drinking also kind of ice water, but sparkling ice water with tequila in it. Um, I am playing. It's very good. I might switch to High Life here in a little bit, though. Um, I'm playing Lin Song. She is an interpreter by day, an interrogator by night for the Central Intelligence Office of the Republic of Vietnam. Uh, one thing she wants to find out this session is she wants to find out more about the the weapon that Oliver West used in the jungle. Okay. 
And that leaves us with one. Lord Jesse. Um, I am Jack Cooper and a Buddhist activist, former uh, Army Corporal. And what I want to figure out is um, is whether this uh, on the temples and, and pagodas were we're looking for whatever this thing is that's going around right now. Okay. Um, all right. So where we left off our last session, our, our, our fade to black was as uh, Willie Kane was leaving the secure communications room at the U.S. Embassy. Um, he uh, had just had a, a conversation with a network contact of his um, uh, demanding some, some information. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the warm, chummy contact relationship people normally assume in these situations, but it's still a contact. So uh, he can anticipate that he'll get that information. We didn't really come up with a cost for that information. I'm going to say, it, you know, for what you asked for, um, that's going to be a two point spend. So you'll have one point left in him in case you want to mm -hmm. reach out to him later in uh, our adventure to find out some other thing uh, that'll be there. Um, unless you, you strongly feel like that was only a one point ask on your part and you can make, you could Sammer if you want mm -hmm. to suggest why that's really not a big deal to ask him to do the things you asked him to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd also kind of maybe add, it was kind of maybe the way that I asked him to. <laughs> yeah. Like I was really kind of putting the screws to him. So I'll, uh, I'll, I think two seems, seems reasonable. And yeah, I'll I, add. I, right. Yeah. You role played it, you know, perfectly. And it is interesting because, um, in other systems, you know, I, I, we might've had a role where, you know, you're rolling an intimidate skill or, Mm -hmm. bribery or blackmail here the system says you're going to get what you want out of this um you know you spent the points you're going to get you know the the value of those points there's there's no chance he's going to you know not give you the information or call you back tomorrow and say i have no idea uh i've checked everywhere and i can't find anything um so I like the way you chose to to role play it and and run with it. You could have easily just said, "I ask him this, you know," and I say, "Okay, he's going to call you back tomorrow," and that would have been the end of it. So kudos to you for for putting some energy into it. Uh, but we left off as you were leaving that room, and Lucy Conan. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Lucy Conan and Ambassador mm -hmm. Lodge were walking in to uh, the secure communication room. Man, this, what is all that about? Um, Pretty so sure it involves secure communication. Yeah, probably safe that uh, they're not going in there to burn one. So, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> although maybe they're like burning it. somebody. Yeah, could be. Um, so that's where we faded to black. Uh, Greg Lamont and uh, Jack Cooper were out doing some network work 
in the same time frame. We didn't really go back to, and finish up with them. Uh, and Lynn was kind of cool on her heels in the embassy. So uh, I'm fine picking up, you know, right where we left off. If there's something that somebody wants to do, I'm also fine advancing forward to the next meaningful point, which in my mind, the next thing that would be happening is Willie's going to have his follow-up. Um, but if somebody wants to do something immediately in that moment where we stopped or somewhere in between, uh, that's fine. So I'll start with Willie. You know, the, the camera faded off you. Do you want the camera to fade back in? You know, with the door yeah. to secure communication closing? Uh, it, perhaps depends on the answer to this question. So you, you did a, a, a kind thing and, and gave us a couple of prompts in the notes. Mm -hmm. This, this, uh, these notions around 1955 and the Battle of Saigon, mm -hmm. I don't believe that Willie was part of those, right? Like, part of I, those. I would assume that he probably wasn't. Well, um, I, I don't mean the battle itself. I mean, the, like you'd seem to suggest that, you know, that that battle keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. But I don't recall that being, uh, Willie being exposed to any of that uh, coming up in his investigations, unless, unless uh, I've completely missed it. No, that actually might be correct. I know that Lynn and Jack Cooper have knowledge of it Lynn because while she was not here her family was here and um, lived through it uh, and Jack Cooper was in uh, Saigon I, was, I think we decided he was in Saigon when the battle took place didn't we Jesse didn't we say not, he was there in yeah fun? yeah or very shortly after so and he would have learned about it from the uh, from the Buddhists he came yeah. out with. So I, mean, I, I guess yeah. I was the reason I asked. I, like, if I, I I didn't seem to have a a reason for Willie to do, do any type of invest, investigation around the battle. So if that's the case, and I think I'm right about that, then yeah, I would just as soon jump ahead to when Donahue gets back to me with about fucking time, Donahue. <laughs> Okay. Uh, does Lynn Song have anything uh, she wants to do between the time she leaves the embassy and uh, and are y'all going to stay paired up the way you, you were? You know, Lynn, are you going back with um, uh, Willie the the next day for the yeah. follow up? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, was there anything Lynn would want to accomplish between the the time y'all left the embassy and the the return the next day? Um, I think the only thing she would do is kind of first thing in the morning as the men are, you know, eating their breakfast, she'll just swing by the office and just report in. Okay. Um, I don't think we need to zoom in on it. She'll just. Okay. That's fine. Uh, and uh, Jack Cooper, was there anything that you wanted to do? You know, where I left uh, you and Greg Lamont, you guys were at the, Arvin, you know, bachelor's officers' quarters. Uh, Greg's contacted and introduced y'all to a, uh, like, probably the oldest lieutenant in the Arvin, um, who was a guy that 
originally was enlisted and got moved up to being an officer. He actually fought in the Battle of Saigon. He was a member of the Kaudai militia, which got incorporated into the army. He expressed some pretty strong opinions about Chinese and or Chinese organized crime. Um, and he, he talked about the passing of General Trin Min Tay, who was the leader of the Kaladai militia. Anything you, you would do with Greg Lamont in regards to that, and or you would do with anything else between that night and you know, your next debrief with the, the team? I don't think so. I think uh, I guess I guess Jack would um would call up his uh his family or really the you know uh, telegraph office in whatever town they're for visiting and um get his wife on the line and tell her to stay there until he comes and gets her. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, so let's do this. I, I do think before we go to the actual scene with Willie that it would be reasonable that you guys would reconvene, um, kind of compare notes on what y'all have learned at this point and maybe what your next steps forward. And again, y'all can look at my, my notes that I post in the Google Doc. Uh, and if y'all want to task, you know, Greg Lamont with doing something off screen, we can, we can do that. Then we'll go to Willie's scene. Uh, with Troy Don or Tom Donahue, excuse me. So, so fast forward. Uh, I'll say it's you know late afternoon. You guys are back at your um, your safe house, uh, and you, you all can assume that you've info dumped the different things that you've learned so far. Uh, and then this is a moment where y'all can talk about what this stuff means to you and how you might want to move forward. Lots of deep uh, thinking going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Lynn is interested in hearing um, hearing about um, what um, Jesus, I'm losing names. Um, what Jack and Greg found out. Right, because I we we haven't met back up since they found the location, right? Or the the Black Virgin Mountain. So like, knowing that they were looking into that, because um, she's uh, because Greg and Jack were focused on that. So Lynn's kind of like, okay, that's being handled. The Americans should be able to figure out what's going on there. So the and then Jack and Lynn doing the the Black Dragon stuff. Um, that's why she's focused on the weapon is because that's kind of the last piece for her of like that unnaturalness. Um, okay. So she wants to hear if if they were able to find anything about this place. Okay. So Jack, what do you and Greg have to share about Black Virgin Mountain at this point in time? It's um 
just where it is like that that we think this is the the eighth mountain mm-hmm. also uh Greg's a much better artist than he lets on <laughs> nice you don't say uh... yeah i i, I think he, i could get him some gigs with the with the uh the press here let's do so so the evidence points to this mountain being the mountain you saw in the painting at the monastery. Yeah, let me see if I can help Jack with one thing. Uh, well, so uh, Jackson Cooper knows that there is a Buddhist shrine on the mountain, and he might even be able to describe it to you. If Has he, he been there? Theoretically, if a thing called Google Docs existed in 1963 and uh, Jack Cooper had access to it. He might have an image that uh, helps him remember. I've decided to put images in the Google Docs makes more sense than throwing them up in Discord. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so I know there's a there's a pagoda up on the the Black Virgin Mountain, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know I. Feel like I would have heard if if they were if they had, the, you know, were keeping the any powerful relics safe. I don't know. That might be something they would keep to themselves. I would have heard. Yeah, it's the Badin Pagoda, um, and Jackson would probably. Uh, Lynn rolls her eyes when he says he would have heard. It, 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 well, Jackson would probably, if if you gave him a piece of paper and said, like, list the ten most important pagodas in Vietnam, Baden would probably be on that list somewhere. Wouldn't be number one. Wouldn't be number two. Might not be in the top five, but it would definitely be in the top ten. It's probably three hundred years old. Um, uh, and again, there was, there's a folk tale that both Jackson and Lynn are familiar with, uh, about the, the, there's an alternative name for Black Virgin Mountain. It's Black Lady Mountain. Um, and, uh, um, the, basically the legend of it is, you know, it's a classic folk tale. Young woman falls in love with young man, but is forced to marry, you know, uh, some important muckety muck. Um, and he gets sent off in the army to, to fight. Uh, and she ends up, uh, you know, deciding to commit suicide rather than be wed to this man that she doesn't love, you know, due to do so. Almost a Shakespearean kind of. Uh, a take on it um and 
you know, that that story and the, and the you know, fact that her spirit is still there. Um, and maybe, you know, some people perceive that, you know, you could be blessed by her spirit. The, I don't want to say that the pagoda exists solely because of that myth, but I think one of the reasons it's so well thought of and, and deemed important is because the myth of, of that legend that, um, that's out there. Uh, so he definitely knows that. You know, I don't know how much more Jack Cooper would know about. Um, I know that that Baden is actually the name of the mountain, and the the uh, strange coincidence the the pagoda there is actually named Lin Son in touch. Hmm. Hmm. Between having a GM who's good and a GM who's lucky, would you get which would y'all prefer? So. <laughs> lucky. Yep. Every time. Absolutely. Um, so do with that what you will um, <laughs> and, and or expand upon that as you uh, will. So d- does Jackson want to find more information out about uh, Black Virgin Mountain and the what's going on and the who's it's and what's it's and when's it's? I think Jackson's pretty convinced that even if we find it, there's there's not going to be anything there. Whatever this is is already out and about loose on the loose on the ground. So it seems like following up on the Battle of Saigon and whatever is going on between the the Chinese Vietnamese and the Vietnamese Vietnamese is uh, might have might lead us to to where this uh, piece of the heart is sure okay um anyone else want to poke and prod and i'll go above table for a second since uh, mark's not here um a trip to black virgin mountain i'll probably put on the back burner uh, and, and ask y'all to do other stuff until he's available Although Jesse has a perfectly fair interpretation of the facts on the ground, that that going there at this point may just result in seeing a really cool pagoda and a pretty impressive mountain. But um, but you can go there. I'm just going to ask if you guys decide to go that you don't go until uh, Mark's able to play. So mm-hmm. seems reasonable. Okay. Yeah. Um, would we have a term for this supposedly organized faction of criminals who are operating? Uh, there certainly not the Ben. Yeah, there's certainly not the Benzian. Um, you know, one of the um, unspoken rules after the Battle of Saigon was over um, was that organized crime would have to keep a low profile. You know, they, they couldn't have a public face or presence. You know, they couldn't um, flaunt their existence or their power. Um, and as long as they 
did that, and as long as they were not involved in politics, the DM regime was going to not expend much energy or effort on curtailing their activities. Yeah, every once in a while, they need to do something to look like they're fighting crime. So, you know, occasionally there'll be a, a raid where, you know, people are tipped off in advance so nobody important actually gets caught, caught and nothing of real value gets confiscated. But that's the quid pro quo is that organized crime can do its thing, but all they're going to be doing is making illicit money. They're not going to be political. They're not going to be a power in Vietnamese politics. So, so um, but, I, in my mind, they don't have a name, but if, okay. if Lynn says, oh, well, this is what we, you know, the CIO, this is what we refer to them, then we'll throw that in the Google Doc, and that's a fact that now exists in our world. Um, let me put some thought to that. I think it would just help with having a term. Yeah. Okay. Like the criminal whatever element. Okay. Um, it sounds like it's time for Willie to get back on the phone uh, with Tom Donahue, I think. So maybe we'll have anything else. I mean, y'all have a task for uh, Greg Lamont um, uh, to <clears throat> accomplish? Can't really think of one. If he can get us Willing? coffee. <laughs> any, what about on what uh, Greg Lamont can be doing in pursuit of any of these? Uh, I'm so curious about this. 1955 battle Saigon like is mm -hmm. um and I'm trying to think I don't know what avenues he could pursue but like I thought that would, that seemed like that would be a suitable uh, oh you know what he can do sure he's the only one who's been Delta Green before maybe mm -hmm. he can find out whether Delta Green was involved mm -hmm. oh they were involved they were involved oh, come on <laughs> Sometimes I think the question is, how were they involved? Just... <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, like sure. That. Yeah. He, he can uh, do that. Uh, he, you know, one thing about this game that I'm still not completely um, at peace with is how much interaction is there between the agents and the rest of the Delta Green organization. Um, you know, I, I've always taken it as you guys are put together, you're a team, you're given an assignment and, and you know, you're pretty much on your own. You know, mm -hmm. the reason you were put together is because you have different skills and different resources, that and the other, you know, you can't be calling mom every 30 minutes saying, oh, I need this and I need that. So I, I'm not saying that to kibosh uh, Greg doing that. Um, I just, for me as the GM, it's it's not real clear when I read the rules how much of interplay should be. Yeah. Uh, well, so. it's interesting because the you know the mechanics and the way that we play them, and especially with you know this mission, there's there's so much that relies on, I'll call it networks broadly, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and unlike, uh, what was it Section Forty Six or whatever in World War Cthulhu, like which was like bare bones, mm -hmm. Delta Green comes across as 
in the shadows, sure, but it's got it's a it's a pretty fleshed out organization or network. I mean, that to me, so I I could see where you're coming from. It's like they're there and they're they're real, and the mechanics kind of push you in that direction. At the same time, what you're saying is, you know, you you don't want to run to mommy every time something you get stuck. Right. Yeah, and I think the the way to think of it is you know delta green exists but it doesn't like you know there are probably only a few hundred people maybe a few thousand that know of its existence and it's, it's not like it's a super secret organization you know that was created by congress and and you know it was created who precisely created it is up in the air. It was almost certainly a presidential directive, um, but you know, pretty much everyone in Delta Green has a day job, yeah. um, and they've got a hierarchy, and so they really are kind of a shadow organization buried within the United States government, as opposed to a secret organization contained within the United States government. Does that difference make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, it's, it does, it does. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, like, there's no secret Delta Green base that's got some bombers and some missiles and, you know, 250 trained Delta Green commandos, you know, ready to go. It's more, this guy does this job and this guy's placed here and then this guy's placed there and, you know, they do their day jobs, but then on the side, they, you know, direct people to do stuff. So, um, you know, because the balance of what we're dealing with needs to be so classified, uh, the mere knowledge of its existence would cause widespread panic and, and civil trouble. So we just can't afford to be the subject of a New York Times story, um, the way like a CIA program could become the subject of a CIA, a New York Times story would be embarrassing, but it wouldn't like fundamentally alter people's view of the universe. So, um, but he certainly can reach out and, and potentially get some information like that. So, um, so he will be doing that while you guys are doing your stuff. Um, Notes. Rattle them bushes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so we're going to fast forward. Uh, and Jackson, any thoughts on what else you might be doing while Willie's going to go off to the embassy to uh, follow up with Tom Donahue? Uh. I'm going to tag along. I'm going to see how, how far I can get in before okay. someone tries to stop me. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you're going with Willie and Lynn, so to some extent that's going to be up to Willie to decide how far uh, how far you get. How far to trust a, a humble activist. So, Willie, how do you feel about Dragon Jackson Cooper? Okay. I love it. I'm I'm willing to go to extreme lengths. I'm like I'm willing to forge IDs and I don't know steal a badge or something. No, it won't be that hard. 
okay. I mean, to, to a great extent, it's just going to depend on whether you are willing to tell your people that, hey, basically he's with me. Because yeah. you know, again, the nature of your work, you, you work people. So it's not yeah. particularly surprising for you to show up with people. With people, yeah, that's a good point. That they don't know, so. Well, I, uh, I guess punching somebody won't help uh, in this case. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you know. want. <laughs> Maybe that's start... why people don't give you grief. Because remember the last time people. someone questioned you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some guy uh, with a broken jaw. Yeah, but yeah, he can come with me for sure. Okay. Um, all right. So you know, Greg indicates he's gonna go uh, to a, a separate safe location to communicate, you know, with his handler and um, you know, see what he can learn and. You guys head off to the embassy. Uh, so you know, again, when you arrive, Willie, you know, the Marine guards at the gate know who you are, and so they just kind of give a quick look. They kind of recognize. Looks like you get the sense they recognize Lynn from you know the prior day. Uh, Jack Cooper. They they give like two or three looks, mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of look at you again, like him. <laughs> Sir, is he with you as well? Of course. Okay. And so they, as we pass, know. as we pass, I say, I told you I'd get in someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they they direct you to the front. I see him again because it's a bureaucratic entity that you know they uh, give Lynn and. Uh, Jackson, some kind of visitor badge or something like that, um, and let you guys go about your affairs. So, will you going to do anything else other than go to secure communications to talk to Donahue? You want to talk to anybody else, or no? I better knock this out without too much uh, attention. Okay. What are you going to leave? Jack Cooper and Lin Sang doing. Hmm. I, just only, I only thought about getting them in. I didn't think about <laughs> getting them in work to do. I, I don't um, know that it'd be appreciated if you like gave them keys to filing cabinets and had them like go through stuff. That probably would be Yeah, a uh, but I was actually thinking back to the maps. Last yeah. time we were checking out maps, this seems pretty innocuous. Maybe they can take advantage of uh, our excellent map making, our excellent cartography department. Uh, so you want them to secure a, like a map of the area around uh, Black no, Bridge I Mountain? Mean, so last time, we, yeah, I mean, last time we were kind of looking at the, uh, some of the details around Black Virgin Mountain, probably mm-hmm. worth another uh, another go over. Um, do you, uh, I always worry that I'm passing a line, you know, crossing line between letting you guys play and me telling you what to do. So I'm trying to decide, I will just say this, um, if you were really there in 1963, 
and you really were thinking about going to that mountain. Do you want to know anything about like, you know, who might already be on that mountain at this point in time and what their disposition might be towards a, you know, American civilian, a, alleged civilian showing up at the mountain? Uh, I'm confused. Who doesn't like Americans? There you go. Exactly. Good point. So, <laughs> Welcome everywhere. So theor freedom. theoretically, the CIA might have some information on mm. or, or at least some assessment of the current mm -hmm. state of affairs. I think that's uh, Tainan or Tainan province, I believe, is the province that it's in. Or maybe that's the district. I'm not sure. Tainan keeps popping up whenever you uh, do searches for the mountain and the things at the mountain. So, um, so yeah, theoretically, I mean, we, I, you could, you, you know, have somebody pull that stuff and let Lynn and Jack look at that while uh, you're doing your thing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, less about the the maps and more about the the intel of the location. Sure. Okay. Um. All right. So let's go into the secure communication room. Uh, and you're connected with Tom Donahue. Donahue, it's Kane. What do you got for me? Uh, Willie, do you really want to go down this oh, road? Geez. Look, look. <laughs> time for your 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 interpretation of what may or may not be relevant or important just just give me the intel and we can be done i'll be on my way you know part of me just wants to give this to you without giving you any warning mm -hmm. just to see you get your just desserts if you make the wrong decision i could take care of myself So, and I could take care of you too. Let me just, so here's what I figured out. Some of it's direct and some of it I've had to kind of put the pieces together, but I'm very confident having talked to a number of people and putting these pieces together. So here's the, here's the headline. DM is out. The uh, U.S. is done with him, and uh, Lucian Conan is there at the behest of the Secretary of State with at least the implicit, if not explicit, approval of the President of the United States to facilitate the army of the Republic of Vietnam affecting a regime change. Facilitate. Hmm. Doesn't sound good for Diem. Well, like I said, that guy sucks. And his brother's worse. And uh, we're getting killed in the Post and the Times on a regular basis for being tied to him. And I can tell you that everybody at the State Department is done with the guy. Um, 
you know, in fact, I'm hearing that basically Lodge was told when he went out to take over that job one, you know, was to make sure the DM wasn't in charge for much longer. So, in fact, they were on the phone with me just after you were on the phone with me yesterday, uh, making sure I understood how important to make sure this money arrives, uh, that, um, you know, there be a, a plane on standby on a, hold on, let me go back and look. Yeah, there's supposed to be a plane on standby on, I think, November 1st, just trying to nail that down now to fly DM out of the country. Um, so I'm supposed to work with a private contractor to make sure that that's available. So they're, uh, they're moving against DM. That's what this is about. And I'm telling you, I've, I've got sources at the White House that are telling me that the, the president is on board. He may even have ordered it, but if he hasn't ordered of it, he at least is aware of it, and he's not putting a stop to it. So I don't know what you're doing out there, but standing in front of this or getting in the way of this, you think my dirty little secret's a problem. Trust me, that little dirty secret on you is going to be the end of your career if you're on the wrong side of this. Uh, point taken. Point taken. Uh, that's a that's a hot one. I'll tell you that. You're not bullshitting me, are you? I've got too much to lose to bullshit you on this. And as much as you piss me off with the little game you're playing on me here mm. to get this, I can't afford to bullshit you and have you ruin my life and ruin my family's life. So that's the straight skinny. That's what's going on. That's why he's out there. Apparently, uh, you know, he knows a bunch of these guys from his prior tour when he was out there with Lansdale. Um, you know, so that, that's why he's there. He's a known quantity to a lot of the Arvid leadership. You know, he's got good relationships with them. So it makes it, makes it easier for him to convey certain messages and, and they've got more confidence in him when he, when he says things. So that's what he's doing. And if, uh, if money was flowing in the direction of, Arvin leadership. Is that uh, is that just to buy some friends? Do you think, or is that to uh, get them in on the November first action? Are they going to play a role? You know, he didn't get into the details with me about who who exactly is doing what, but um, I'm assuming somebody's getting paid. There's an expectation that they're. Uh, they're at least going to stand aside when the time comes, if not be actively involved in what's going on. If you have not figured it out yet, Willie, freaking all those people over there are on the take. Uh, they're all dealing off the bottom of the deck. So 
in my mind, nothing gets done there without somebody getting a payoff. So yeah. it's it's the cost of doing business out there, which is why between you and me, I don't know why they think this is going to result in anything better after DM's out. Just going to be a different set of crooks. But my job is not to tell my boss what to do. My job is to help my boss get things done. I got it. Tom, you've done well. Uh, you won't be hearing me from me for a while. You know, Willie. But you never know. Uh, honestly, if I never hear from you again, that'll be just fine with me. I bet. I bet. Click. <laughs> okay. Uh, I heard a blue blue. I still think that... I think we lost Jesse. I think in he's in the main wilderness he's he's been swallowed oh, yeah. up, perhaps. You're right. That's that's exactly what's going on. So um hmm. okay. So Craig's still with us in GARC. Mm -hmm. I'm using my iPad for the audio and it's harder for me to tell whether they're still act I mean they're still in the room. Uh so, Jason, you still with us? Yep. Okay. Um, you know, let's... Anything uh, on the intel that uh, Lynn and uh, Lynn was checking actually, out? Actually, I'm going to see if I can't spice things up. Um, Lynn, roll a sense trouble for me. It's not great. <laughs> not great. Yeah. Um, so, Lynn, you are have been looking at these files that, um, along with Jack Cooper, that. Uh, he, he gave you to look at basically kind of the intelligence summaries and field reports for the activities in the area around, you know, Black Virgin Mountain. And you feel like there's maybe more. So you go back to um, uh, the room where that stuff is being stored. And when you're back in that room, you just realize that, uh, you know, somebody has come up behind you while you're, like trying to put some files away, see if you can find some other files. Like, what are you doing in here? Who are you? It's uh, some generic U.S. Embassy staffer, probably an employee of the CIA. So what is your response to that? Um, I shall say I'm gathering files for Mr. Kane. Since when does he have a non-embassy employee gathering files in a secure area? I'm his personal secretary. And she's very, right. you know, very um, deferential. Okay. Um, Is this a problem, sir? Uh... 
I'm just looking at your sheet to see how much a problem this might or might not be. My sheet says it's no problem at all. <laughs> um, and he basically says, well, where's, where's Willie Kane now? Uh, he's in the secure communications room, I believe. All right, you need to come with me. Are you going to come with him? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so he walks you back to secure communications. You know, Willie, you've, you're finished. You come out. There stands one of your embassy guys. He's he's uh, a lower level, you know, basically glorified clerical, um, and he's got a real PO'd look on his face and he's got Lynn standing there uh, next to him and he starts, you know, as much as someone is going to give a superior a hard time, you know, he's, he's reminding you of all the rules about, you know, secure areas. And, and, you know, this person says that they're acting as your personal secretary, but you know, they don't have the right badge. And I look at my watch. <laughs> nice. uh, are, are you done? Are you done? We have important work to do. Are you done? Well, I just think this is highly unusual. And um, if this if this happens again, then I'm going to be compelled to report it to the acting station chief. So I just I think that these these rules apply to everyone. And um, and, and actually, Mr. Kane, I'm a little disappointed. I you know wouldn't surprise me if somebody like Oliver West was you know bringing people in who aren't cleared and having them wander around, but Really, Mr. Kane, you know better. So, yeah, yeah, you do a lot of thinking. Why don't you think okay. about something useful for a change? All right. Come on, well, Lynn. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Lord, uh, we lost him again. Mm -hmm. He was in, and then he was out. So, uh, so, Lynn, here's what you and Jack Cooper have kind of picked up from your review. Um, the area around the mountain, there's not been a lot of, of military activity recently, um, but the – and it's kind of interesting. Uh, there's no identified Viet Cong presence on the mountain. But there's no Arvin presence on the mountain. Um, it appears to be in the hands of, you know, some form of local militia. And for whatever reason, neither the Arvin. The Arvin is not contesting that. Um, and I, I'm going to retract that for no obvious reason. The fairly obvious reason is the Arvin a lot of times doesn't contest stuff. So. Um, it's not a big stunner that they have decided to not go pick a fight with whoever's in control of the mountain. Uh, it's a little surprising, you know, that the, the Viet Cong have decided not to contest control of the mountain because the other thing from the reports that's clear, and really as soon as you look at a map and look at a picture of the mountain, I mean, this is, a substantial geographic feature 
in the middle of an otherwise flat area. I mean, this is the proverbial high ground that anybody would want to control if they were worried about controlling the uh, region. Um, there is... Uh, let me see... A... That's not really the right use of that skill. <laughs> oh. uh, and Willie, are you joining in this or are you just relying on Jack Cooper and... Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll go over it with them, you know, and, and right. take it in, you know. Um, hey, what you guys find? Yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, Jesse, are you actually able to communicate with us? I see you're back in the room, but you're muted. I, I think I am able to communicate with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So quick catch up. Um, you know, uh, Willie's contact confirmed that uh, Conan is acting on behalf of the Secretary of State, possibly, well, at least with the implicit approval of the President of the United States to facilitate a regime change. Um, and the money is basically being used to pay people off to either assist in regime change or um, at least stand aside when the regime changers are doing their regime changing. Uh, and the other bit that came out of that is uh, uh, Conan and Lodge were on a secure call and on top of getting some more money to replace the money that disappeared, they're also asking him to coordinate a, uh, a private aircraft to be available on November 1st to fly DM out of the country. Um, and uh, as far as, uh, did you hear me describing kind of the lay of the land that y'all were getting from the reports? Jesse, or did you miss that? I think I got some. I got some of that at least. It, it, yeah. So. The, the, again, the super condensed version is um, a local militia controls Baden Mountain, like Virgin Mountain. Um, the Arvins not decided to contest that fact, and somewhat surprisingly, the Viet Cong have not decided to contest that fact. There's no good intel explaining exactly why. The Viet Cong decided to not contest it. Um, the uh, probably the assumption the three of you would make is the Arvin's not contested it because it'd be really hard to go up that mountain and fight people. It'd be a lot easier to sit around, you know, in our base camps and just sit around. Um, so, but there's a one point notice for you, uh, Jack Cooper. Do you want to spend it? I do. Yeah. Um, so uh, he has spent his one point. You find in the these files like a single page memo, a uh, request for uh, direct action. Uh, by a CIA paramilitary group to, in fact, go 
up the mountain and eject the militia and secure uh, the mountain. And it was submitted by uh, Oliver West. And the memo has like a denied, you know, or not a, not a stamp. There's like a handwritten note, you know, request for action denied. Um, and that was filed a couple months ago. Hmm. Guess he tried looking in other mountains then, huh? Don't know. Um, so, anything, anything else, y'all? Is there anything that in that memo about what kind of action he was asking for? Like, what does that look like? Or did you just you just said commandos or something? Yeah, no, it was it was a uh, it was basically like, the the bureaucratic. Uh, hey, we want to use. Uh, CIA paramilitary forces and or uh, Vietnamese special forces, but we want CIA agents involved to go up on this mountain, eject whoever's controlling the mountain and secure the mountain because it's a, it's a valuable piece of, uh, has, a, has military value. Um, and the, you know, John Richardson, the embassy uh, chief, you, know, you could recognize his handwriting where, you know, um, you know, request for action denied, you know, this is an Arvin problem. They need to take care of it. Okay. So, yeah, I, I know. Like, I wonder if they do an airstrike, but no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, the, the, it was not a request for an airstrike which would potentially be another way to address the problem. So mm -hmm. yeah. for whatever reason, a couple months ago, Oliver West wanted to take some uh, command, you know, either pay, either CIA paramilitaries and or Vietnamese special forces and go up on the mountain, kick some ass. So yeah. that's a piece of information y'all can do with whatever you choose to do with. Um, I don't know that we need to go to the mountain anymore. Uh, it is, a again, that is a perfectly reasonable interpretation of the evidence you currently have. So, Jack was right. Ah, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it could be the worst turn of events in the game at this point in time. Is that Jack Cooper was right about something? So, uh, Willie, how long before you have to take a Willie break? Uh, I, I'm waiting for a text from my daughter, okay. so it could be. Time said it's not nine thirty-five here. Uh, you know, I'm still expecting another half, you know, twenty-five minutes or so. Okay, all right. So, um, Willie, anything else you want to accomplish at the embassy before you guys uh, decide to head off into the night and do whatever you're going to do? Uh, yeah, I think there's that's two bits of information we got here so that's that's, mm -hmm. a, that's, a, that's a good stop okay um so now we're kind of at the point in the game where you guys have to tell me what you want to do next so and we've lost jesse again <laughs> so now, now willie and uh jason have to tell us or willie and lynn have to tell us what they're going to do next what's the what's the date 
do we think? Uh, I'm going to say that you're probably now. Let me just think this through. Like I think, uh, you know, I'm thinking against this November 1st move on. Yeah. I'm going to say that it's the 21st. You know, okay. a few sessions ago, it was the 18th. I feel like we've had enough fast forward, fast forward to say that it's uh, now the, the evening of the 21st of October in Saigon. Yeah. So, so Lynn, run me through the thinking that we don't need to go to the the mountain. Um, Jack Cooper was Jack Cooper was right. Like I was thinking the other way. It's like that. Um, uh, the colonel um, thought something was there and worth. Or do you think that he's already he's accomplished what he wanted to accomplish? I think he found what he was looking for. Okay. Um, so going back, I think last session, um, or maybe the one before, Lynn and Jack went and spoke to the the lady at the high school um, and talked about the the heart of the black flying serpent, oh, yeah. um, the black dragon. And Lynn asked specifically if maybe if a piece of that heart could be used against it. Mm. Um, because the, the heart was broken into three pieces. Um, one in... One in Hui, one in the Mekong Delta, and then one on the Lowly Mountain. And um, West had that weapon that was unlike anything... Uh, we had seen before. Uh, and so Lynn is uh, maybe presuming that he found a piece of the heart and was able to craft a weapon from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. No, that makes sense. I got it. That could be that could be better than anything that I came up with. So I like that. So <laughs> that might be true. Be true. <laughs> How far is uh, away? Away? How far away yeah. is away from Saigon? Um, that's a long ways. Yeah, I'm gonna assume. Actually, do I want to assume? You might want to Google Map that because I, I would be uncomfortable that I'd correctly nail that down. I In think, Vietnam, yeah. sixty-five, seventy-five. It's it's a two mapper. Um, <laughs> And Hue's a good distance up to the north, and, and Saigon is a good ways to the south. So, yeah, I just, Lynn, I'm just trying to think of other people to talk to or places to go. Mm -hmm. And if we had, if we had at least a notion that that maybe we could firm up that idea of where where those two other pieces are. Yeah. Yeah, but even if we got him, I, I don't know what that does for us. Well, I think the question that Delta Green would want to know is um, and or the thing that Delta Green would be concerned about mm -hmm. would be um, what, what they actually are versus what the legends says they are. Um, and what happens if the three pieces are reunited mm -hmm. or, or, or what power does that unlock? Mm 
So. And the pagoda we went to. Did they change the name? The provinces. <laughs> they might have. Um, uh, Anjiang is the the province name, and then I believe the actual district that I placed the monastery in was Anho, and I think Anho is still a district name. Uh, Let's see if we can look in this image. Yeah, I got it. So I was just confirming that it was considered, and it is west of the river, so that is the delta. Yeah. Yeah, there's... (sighs) There's an argument that the province, actually it's probably not an argument, I, I actually believe the province where Black Virgin Mountain is, is considered the delta. And that's part of the reason that the mountain is such an odd geographic feature, because it's, you're in the delta and then suddenly big giant mountain out of nowhere. Um, so, uh, which again, from the picture I shared, you should be pretty obvious to you guys. So. Uh, so you still have the issue, uh, you know, and Greg Lamont's checking on, you know, Battle of Saigon, um, and uh, you know, you've got the Cao Dai militia now um, that played a role in the Battle of Saigon uh, that y'all potentially could do some more research on. Um, and I don't know if any of you, and this isn't meant as a criticism. But, um, you know, Caudaism is a religion and it has some, um, I think it's got a decent following in Vietnam, even up to today. Uh, And it is one of these interesting modern religions that uh, tries to unify all the other religions that are practiced in the area and then add some modern things to it. Um, uh, it's so I don't, if, if any of you read on it, then I'm wasting my breath. If you've not read on, I can give you my two minute take on cow Um Yeah, know. I could use that. Uh... Sure. So, so yeah, the two, the two minute, it's going to be longer than two minutes, but the short version is it was created in, I believe, like founded in in the 20th century, I want to say probably after World War I. Wikipedia says 26, 1926. Okay. That's, I, I had a firm memory of the 20s. Uh, so, and its founder, again, took thoughts from Buddhism and Taoism and Confucianism but then also um, things from modern writers. Um, so it's almost like a Scientology kind of thing uh, and, and blended them all together with this, you know, this is the one true way and this is how you find um, peace and harmony and, and all these other religions are basically pieces of the puzzle and we've put the puzzle together for you. Um, and that movement, you know, took off and became very popular in Vietnam, much to the chagrin of the Catholic Church. Uh, and it was not 
just a religious movement. It also had political aspects to it. And once the conflicts started, both with, really with the Japanese, um, the Kaodai had formed a militia. And then once the French came back, um, the Kaodai offered to help fight the communists. And there was actually a point in time pre-DM where the Kaodai probably were the single most potent non-French military force, at least in the southern portion of Vietnam. Um, and then Diem was, you know, basically anointed and was trying to form a government. And there was actually a split in the Kaodai over whether they were going to support Diem or oppose him with the Po Huau and the Benjian and the other. Um, best way to think of it is, you know, you know, we'll use a Game of Thrones analogy. You know, the the Lannisters are trying to rule the kingdom. How do the other houses feel about that? Well, well they don't want to be ruled by the Lannisters. They they'd rather rule or at least agree to not have the Lannisters rule. So at one point, the Kaodai and the Ho Huau and the Benzian were all on the same page that we're going to oppose DM and we're going to oppose centralization. We're going to preserve our autonomy, preserve our power. Um, and at some point in time, the Kaodai changed sides. And that was in, in basically late 54 and 55. And then as uh, was already divulged to Jack Cooper and um, Greg Lamont, you know, in the Battle of Saigon, General Trin Minh Kay, you know, brought his uh, Kaodai militia, which actually did the whole black pajama thing way before the Viet Cong did. They, 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 he had like all black uniforms for his uh, militia. He brought them into Saigon and helped uh, Diem crush the Benzian and hunt down the most of the Ho Huao militia and finish them off. Trey, uh, or Tay, unfortunately, was killed during the Battle of Saigon. Uh, and Lin and Jack potentially would know some of the rumors about that. So, uh, and, and I'll let them decide if they definitely know or if they want to roll a die to see if they know or if they want to go talk to people to, um, to find out more about Tay dying and whether it's got anything to do with what's going on now. Yeah, and it, um, I guess tying into the, maybe we do go to the mountain, is it was founded in Tainan, which is just kind of at the base of, of Black Virgin Mountain. Um, I would... Hey, what? <laughs> um, There's a link heard... between the Cow Dai and the Black Virgin Mountain? Geography stuff. That's strange. We, we believe in only coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would be willing to... I guess it would be network. Maybe somebody within the CIO to talk about the the cow buy, cow die. Sure. 
Sure. Um, uh, be thinking about that person's name while I go find an image for you guys. Uh, let's do that one. All right, so I got to get Google Docs. Now I'll get Dropbox. Open. Let's take a look at this one. The problem is my thumbnails aren't good enough for me to. to oops. So I threw up an image of the. Uh, Cow Dye Temple that's very close to the Black Virgin Mountain. Um, there you go. Uh, I've got a better one if you guys want a better one, but that's a black and white one, so I thought it was period appropriate. Yeah. For you. So. Uh, Oh. And I was going to tell you something after I. Oh, I think that that Lynn and Jack at least would know of the temple. It, it at this point in time, it's a pretty famous place. You know, it's understood to be the center of um, you know the Cow Dai faith. In fact, the um, Cow Dai are led by a pope, um, and that's what he calls himself, the Pope. I don't have his, um, I didn't get it, grab his image. I can get it if you guys really want to see what he looks like. Um, and so again, it's a, it's a weird blend of all of the dominant Asian religions and um, so a weird sprinkling of modern stuff in there as well. I mean, again, go to Wikipedia and you read Cow Dai and, and you'll get the, get the feel for it. Jesse's back. For now. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, and this may end up being a short session because Ty is going to have to take off in a few minutes. And depending on where we're at, we may. We'll just see. Ty, when you leave, roughly how long do you think you're going to be gone? Probably a half hour. Um, yeah, so I think probably what we'll do. Ty, don't worry about rushing back and jumping on because I suspect by the time you get back, I'll be pretty much wrapping up. So I'll probably just do some stuff with um, Jackson and Lynn uh, to fill out the time until you know Greg reports back with what he's found out uh, from Delta Green. So, um, so Lynn's going to do some exploring with the cow about the cow die and. You know, could there be some connection since they were founded, um, you know, I'm fairly certain you can see the Black Virgin Mountain from the Cow Dai uh, main temple there. Uh, does Willie want to do any poking about the Cow Dai or the 1955 Battle of Saigon? Or do you want to chase what's going on with Conan and the generals? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I got enough with that. I mean, you know, Lynn, Lynn was so good to tag along with me for a while. I think I'll tag along with her. Okay. Lynn, how do you feel about bringing the, uh, white man 
to CIO? Um, she's going to start getting a reputation. <laughs> Some of and, my feminine uh, wiles might not be as effective against the, the young. And does, does Jackson want to pursue anything about the investigating the cow die, their beliefs? You know, is there any way they're connected to what's going on? I don't think Jackson wants to think they are. Okay. That doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily tell me whether he wants to uh, confirm his hope that they're not involved. Yeah, I think I think he's going to explore other avenues first. Okay, awesome. Uh, so let's do this. We will have Lynn have some screen time with her uh, network agent, and then I'll. I'll pop over to you and you know, whenever Willie Kane has to go, just let us know. And, and again, Ty, just don't, don't worry about getting back. Cause I suspect by the time you got back and got on, there probably wouldn't be yeah. a, a lot of me left uh, at I that agree. point in time. So, uh, so Lynn, I, I just, I just want to point out, and we did this last time too. We're, we're now off on our own tangents. Mm-hmm. We still don't know what happened to this reporter. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, there's just, a reporter. I just like to <laughs> poke that every once in a while. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the original target seems to have been lost. You know, our original mission objective seems to have been lost in the shuffle. Maybe when Greg Lamont reports back in with what he learned from Delta Green, then you guys might have some instruction on that. But um so yeah y'all could continue to to poke and prod on on blanchett and see if you can find him so um maybe delta green got rid of him it's possible but i think the then the question would be if they got rid of him why would they task y'all to find him so to make sure that no one else could put it together okay there you go. That's that's a very Ludlum novel esque uh, twist on things. I kind of like that. That's right. So, uh, okay. Uh, so, and uh, Jason very graciously put up uh, a quick grab of like the core tenets of Kaudai belief in the Google Docs. So you don't have to go chase it. It's right there for you. Um, that might be relevant to what you guys are dealing with. In any event, uh, let's go to CIO headquarters. And how do you know Hotron High? Um, there, and maybe it's not even the same office. I have to go to a different one of these like satellite covert offices. Um, and they. I think they work in um, like propaganda. Okay. Just trying to see uh, if I can find the name of their of that division. Um, because I, I thought I was able to get. So yeah, 
Uh, he is in the Domestic Intelligence Bureau. Um, working in uh, working in yeah, like propaganda. So kind of finger on the pulse of um, any known espionage um, and kind of working against that. Okay. Uh, and how often is he going to be surprised to see you? Yeah, we probably don't talk very often. Um, we met on um, – he came in to consult for an interrogation I did early on in my career. Um, so, you know, not a lot of contact over the years, but, you know, we'll see each other around town. Um, and then once or twice a year over the last – say two years we've we've had brief interactions okay and it ties out so i just want to make sure that was an intentional log off on his part okay so you take willie king with you and you go to this office uh what do you think the reaction is when you arrive with willie king <laughs> Um, and I'll, I, unlike I did with Jackson, since this is my office, um, I would bring him back with me. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's probably some surprise, um, but Willie afforded me a similar, you know, um, whatever, like bringing me into the embassy. I'm not going right. to make him wait in the, in the waiting room. Okay. All right. So yeah, he's he's surprised. I'll I'll introduce uh, Willie as uh, an embassy employee uh, that we're working together um, for some off the books stuff to find this this French journalist. Okay. Uh, and uh, what do you want him to convey to you? Like, like, and you can role play it, or you can just kind of tell me what you're what you're expecting to get out of him, and we'll go from there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of, um, parlay the, you know, some of the broad information we have, you know, this, this journalist was looking into some of the Chinese criminal elements, um, had some apparent connections to, um, to Buddhists. Um, and it seemed like he was, um, visiting pagodas, um, and in the course of our investigation, uh Tainin and the um uh, the Baden pagoda um came up and knowing that that the Kaodai are uh located near there wanted to see um oh and, and I guess also bring up the, the the battle of Saigon keeps coming up uh, and we just want to kind of get a any current intel and any um, any rumors over the last you know few months of what what the cow die have been up to um, in relation to you know organized crime and 
um, any connections to the DM regime. Oh. Cow die. What have they been up to? And he kind of makes a, a dismissive joke about them. Um, you know, aren't they all renouncing their worldly goods and toiling in the fields for the better of, of common humanity? I mean, why would they be up to anything? They're aren't we all? Peaceful unifiers. And you can tell it's it's very sarcastic now um, that uh, that he he has no love for the cow die, um, and he says, "Well, they've uh, you know, he gets then he gets professional, uh, and they really I haven't heard much of anything about them, you know, after the Battle of uh, Saigon." Uh, you know, within a, a fairly short order, they were mostly incorporated into th- their militias were mostly incorporated into the army, and um, you know, uh, maybe your American friend can tell you a little bit more about how that happened. Pointing at at Willie Dane, uh, but. My understanding that the Americans, um, what's the word they like to use, facilitated the cow die deciding to support the DM regime. And, uh, and their militias were basically absorbed into the Vietnamese army. And since then, they, they still have their... Um, their monument to humility and uh, disavowing worldly goods up in Tainan. So have you ever been to their humble uh, monument to uh, humility and non-material pursuits? Uh, Lynn, you know, like runs her finger along the, the chain bearing a crucifix around her neck. Um, and says, no, I have had no reason to visit such a place. Mm-hmm. I frankly try to avoid pagodas when I can. It's, it's, uh, it's quite a tribute to humility and uh, avoiding material suits. You really, really shouldn't see it sometime. It's quite beautiful. So. Is this the, the left eye of God? <laughs> um it is, I'm not catching the reference, so he's not catching the reference, but... Um, oh, the, I see a, push, a monument of theirs called the Left Eye of God. Okay, yeah. In Tainan. Yep. Um, so he really says there's not a lot, as far as current activity, you know, the Kaudai really have not been on their uh, radar, certainly no connection with organized crime. Not that organized crime even exists in Vietnam, but again, if it did, there there wouldn't be any, um, n- nothing suggesting that the cow die are in cahoots with organized crime. That's certainly uh, the case. So 
you, and you said Battle of Saigon. Well, you wanted to know something about the Battle of Saigon. Um, it just seems like the, um, you know, they were they were heavily involved in in that battle. Okay. Or in that, she wouldn't she wouldn't say battle. She'd say in that fight. Um, okay. And the you know the the conflict itself seems to keep popping up everywhere we turn. He takes a drag on his his cigarette. Were you were you not in Saigon during the battle? Uh, I was away at school. Ah. Do you think Ho is is like kind of at the same social level as you, or or you think he's lower down? The, no, I would think he's on a similar. Okay. All right. Similar vein. He's he's probably you know three or four years older than me. Yeah. So early thirties. Um, yeah. So he he was here for the uh, the Battle of Saigon. So he 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 can basically probably not tell you everything about it, but he certainly could tell you probably anything you want to know about the Battle of Saigon, uh, as interpreted by Rex for purposes of this game. So sure. Um, so is there something particular you're hoping he's going to tell you? Um, not specifically. I'm just wondering if I can tie some strings together. Yeah, well, that's what I'm... I'm going to try to help you do, but I'm not sure which strings you want tied together. So. <laughs> um, give me a second. I've, I've created my own soup that you guys can't decide how to eat, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to figure out how to help you eat it. So, hmm. uh, maybe she. This guy probably wouldn't have had any personal interaction, but I'll I'll ask if he had any personal interaction with Tay. General Tay. Oh, he uh, he perks up. Ah, Tay, yes. Such an interesting story. Great leader, great fighter. Very brave, very aggressive. His uh, his militia were crucial in uh, the battle. In fact, I was I was with him just hours before uh, he died. Uh, I, I didn't have this job then, I, uh, and I've managed to forget the name. He, he worked in one of the DM's like, political apparatuses, but it had a paramilitary aspect. Um, so he was there supporting the regime, fighting, um, and he ended up fighting alongside the, the Kaodai militia. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I don't want to say that we were friends, but I, I certainly knew him. I saw him lead those forces. And uh, again, I thought he was a great commander and very brave, uh, probably too brave. And um, probably too unwise in the ways of the world. Unwise? Oh, you mean politically? 
Hmm, yes. Naive. A lot of stories about how he died. Well, how he died, there's not a lot of debate about. Why he died and at whose hands. I'm surprised you've not heard those stories before. Um, no one wants to talk about them. Hmm. Well, he died after we had effectively crushed the Benzian uh, forces. Uh, the, the, the fighting was basically over. We clearly had prevailed. And uh, General Tay ended up being shot and killed by apparently one of the last Benzian snipers that hadn't been found and, and flushed out. Shot in the was back this, of the head. Was this public? He was standing by his Jeep in an area that we had cleared you know, again, hours before. And, you know, I heard the story, I even talked to some of his militia members, you know, afterwards. So, you know, every, everyone thought they were in a safe area. They were quite surprised. Uh, the, the men immediately with him, I don't think I ever talked to any of them. So the regime always said that it was a Benzian sniper who, who shot and killed him at the end of the battle. I've heard other stories. Tell me. Well, how much do you know about Trey or Tay and his particular militia? She says not saying as much as Wikipedia tells me. <laughs> uh, so uh, so Tay was an interesting character. He was frustrated with the leadership of the Kaodai. So he actually broke his militia off and operated it as its own, own unit. And he also was frustrated with the French. And I've heard stories that the French believe he was responsible for the death of a French general. And it was the French who were actually responsible for his, uh, his death as, as revenge for the death of that French general. Any other stories? He looks pointedly at Willie Kane. Yeah, I'll, I'll, sp I'll switch to uh, uh, Willie speaks Vietnamese too, right? Yeah, he does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly not going to tell you this story with Willie Kane sitting in the room. Um, yeah, I'll shoot Willie. Have a, have a smoke, grab a coffee. Um, so once Willie's out, he closes the door and he says, Lynn, this is a story that I would suggest you 
you think carefully about where you choose to share it. Story. But even just telling this story in the wrong place could have repercussions. Some people have noted that uh, a, a young, confident, competent, successful military commander who broke the primary resistance to the DM regime might be perceived as a threat to the DM regime. Of course. His, his death certainly limited the possibility that he would be an alternative to the DM regime. And uh, it was known that he was very close with the American CIA operatives in the country. You're familiar with Mr. Lansdale, aren't you? The yes, work he course. did here. Yes. Mr. Lansdale and his team, uh, the Frenchman, uh, Conane, mm -hmm. they were both uh, very close with Tay, instrumental in Tay joining the DM regime. Could there be a fear that the CIA was grooming an alternative to DM? I've heard that story. It's not a story I would share. And it could just be a convenient story people make up to cause trouble for our beloved leader and our glorious regime. And he looks over to his picture of DM that he's got on the wall. But one between, thing... Between him and the CIA, though, who knows? Indeed. Here's the one thing I remember about that day. Uh, shortly after I saw last saw General Tay alive, I just have to look at a name real quick so I don't get it wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it's got to find the name. I, uh, shortly after I saw alive, last time I saw him alive, I saw a Lieutenant Nong who worked for General Min, Big Min, and he said he was looking for General Tay, that he had an important message from General Min to help finish securing uh, Saigon and rounding up the last of the Benzian. So I told him the last place that I saw Tay and didn't think anything more of it. 
I wonder now if there was a reason uh, Lieutenant Nung was looking for uh, Captain or General Tay. Mm -hmm. Go above table for a second. Is Lynn making the connection when I say Lieutenant Nung? Yeah. Someone. Okay. All right. Perfect. So. Uh, okay, perfect. Uh, and that's kind of where he leaves off with the stories about Tay. Uh, unless you have more that you want to get out of him. Or other uh, Tao Dai things you want to tie together. No, I don't think so. The... Uh... Yeah, the DM you know, threat, um, having confirmation of that is good. Okay. Uh, and Jack Cooper, are you still with us? I am still with you. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> um, so... What was Jackson Cooper hoping to accomplish while, uh, if anything, while uh, Lynn and Willie were off to meet her, her network? I think he'll head back to the restaurant um, and ask about the Battle of Saigon. Okay. Uh, so you are... Back. Uh, Mr. Lee is extremely surprised to see you back. Well, actually, he's not that surprised because he did tell you he was going to try to set that meeting up. So, uh, and did I give you his boss's name the last time? You did not. And Jack Cooper does not know it either. Right. Uh, and I'm not necessarily going to give it to you at this point. But I just want to remember. I couldn't remember if I had done that or not. So let me see if I have it in here. Oh, no, we did. We did. Ming Kuo, Q-U-O, is, is, this, is Mr. Lee's boss. But um, so uh, Lee's back, and he's like, oh, Jackson. I, did we agree to meet again? I thought I was going to send you a message if I could arrange that meeting for you. I had a question I thought you could help me with, um, meanwhile, about the uh, Battle of Saigon. His uh, demeanor tenses a little bit. Well, certainly, if, if I know it. I'm, I'm not much of a historian, so... <laughs> There seems to be some bad blood between between the Chinese and the and the Vietnamese, especially concerning the the Battle of Saigon. Do you happen to know why? Well, I mean, as is often the case when someone from my country chooses to live in another country. Whenever there's a problem, 
it's very easy to, to blame the Chinese. The Chinese are responsible for all our problems. They're, they're responsible for sickness. They're responsible for our economic problems. They're in charge of crime. Any number of stories that people come up with. And from time to time, governments find it convenient to, to build upon those lies and uh, those defamations and, and take action against the Chinese. So is I, it really I'm, surprising? I'm well aware of, of how that can be used. However, this speaks less to me of, of targeting the Chinese so much as there was some involvement in something people are upset about. Quite cryptic today, Jackson. Well, mm. <clears throat> I don't want to throw the word war crime or atrocity around. Those aren't the things you mention in good company. Mm. No. Many, uh, many friends of mine died during during that battle and uh, Mr. DM and his uh, lackeys were not very discreet or precise in, in how they decided which Chinese posed a threat to them and which Chinese were just trying to to live and survive in this city. Uh, but yes, they uh, attacked us. They perceived us as a threat. I will say that it was probably a mistake for the prior organization to be so prominent and so audacious in its attempt to uh, assert control over a city where they were not the native population nor the majority. So an error that will not be repeated, but... Uh, ah, so they turned self-defense into expansion opportunity. Yes, yeah, so let's go above table for a second, just as uh, something that Jack Cooper would definitely know. Um, mm -hmm. So the Battle of Saigon, what triggered it was... Um, when Bao Dai was in charge, um, he ended up basically, again, re relying on these various paramilitary groups to help him assert order and control, and he gave them a great deal of autonomy. The Benzian, again, was, was primarily a crime group, but over time, they developed into a more cohesive force that actually had a desire to have, had some political aspirations. And the head of the Benzian ended up becoming the chief of police for Saigon. Um, and basically the Benzian were law enforcement for Saigon, which if you're running an organized crime ring, being the chief of police is, is probably good for business. Um, uh, 
gives you lots of advantages. Uh, also makes it easy for you to curtail competition. Um, so, right. um, and uh, the crisis that led to the Battle of Saigon was provoked when DM basically indicated he was removing um, the head of the Benzian as chief of police. They didn't like that. They struck out at DM in a violent way, and DM's reaction was, well, it's on. And it was a very close-run thing. You know, there was a period of time when, again, kind of kind of above table, but I think I'll give you this as player knowledge. I'm not sure that Jackson Cooper would know this. Um, there was a period of time during the crisis when uh, the U.S. wasn't sure that DM was going to prevail, and they were actually considering switching horses. Um, uh, you know, in Again, above table, the, the work of Ed Lansdale and his team had a lot to do with uh, it working out for DM, in DM's favor uh, in the end. So, um, so that's above table, you know, just so you kind of know how to role play things. Uh, I don't know how much of that Jack Cooper would actually know. Uh, so, but does Jack Cooper have a more, a more pointed question for Mr. Lee about what took place during the Battle of Saigon or what his reaction to it might be or. Um. <clears throat> How did the current organization make peace with DM regime? Well, how does peace ever get made? Some point in time, people decide that the cost of peace is lower than the cost of continued fighting. To be fair, by the time the Americans had tipped the scales, your country had tipped the scales for DM, uh, it became obvious to most of us that, that continuing to fight DM was a pointless exercise, that we, we couldn't win, we certainly couldn't conduct business. Some yes, of... but I've seen, I've seen how far DM is willing to go to, to crush those he believes are against him. What did you do that what was done to ensure he would leave you alone? How much did you put in this network contact? I believe I put three. Let's see. Yeah, three points. And and did we agree on what your last tapping of him uh, cost you? I feel like it was one, but I don't know if we actually said that. I don't think we said that, but I, I would have guessed one. Um, and then with possibly another if he pulled, you know, came through with the meeting. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so he looks very hesitant about sharing this. And I'm just going to tell you, this is going to cost you the other two. Yeah. So, and I don't know that I can role play it that well. So I'll just kind of give you the info dump. Um, it, he clearly is struggling to tell you, you know, one, because it's probably not the, the safest thing to share this. Um, right. And, and, but two, also, you, you get the sense that he has shame about what he is about to tell you. And basically what he tells you is that um, the price was giving up the Benzian uh, leaders, like where they actually had gone to hide. Um, so basically they sacrificed those guys and they rationalized it as – well, these are the guys that created the problem. They're the ones that, that you know, got too big for their boots and, and got us involved in things that weren't really core to what we do, you know, drug us into the world of politics and, and tried to, you know, create an, al- an alternative to the official regime. So, you know, a price had to be paid and, and that was the price we gave them up. And in return, the rest of us were allowed to resume our affairs uh, as long as we don't engage in politics, as long as we don't make open displays of our, of our power in our organization. Uh, we'd be left alone. And that has been the, the understanding. And, and you get a mix of... There's, there's definite shame about, you know, betraying, uh, you know, brothers. Uh, right. You know enough to know that that's a big part of how these organizations work, that, you know, the, the intense loyalty and the, the bonds um, and, and, you know, the fact that they, they typically don't talk outside, that, which is another thing here that he's sharing this with you. You've got this connection with him. Um, but there's also some anger, like he's ashamed he, he did it, but also he's angry at DM's regime for making that the price of peace. Yeah. <clears throat> so my response is, uh, that, that sounds like DM. Hmm. And just, I'll throw, yeah, I'll throw the, the cherry on the top. Do you want to guess where in the Mekong Delta uh, these guys were hiding when they were given up? <laughs> Can I guess it's somewhere we've been recently? Yeah, it's Anjiang Province. Anjiang so. Province. Interesting. So. Okay. All right. Uh, well, thank, thank you very much, Julie. Perfect. So let's flash back to Lynn. Uh, Lynn, was there anything else that you were expecting to get out of your uh, network that we've you know, we've not done? I don't know if it's on my chat. We can, wait, 
That could be uh, offline. I just want to make sure it's the person I was thinking of. Hold on one second, and I will tell you. Between us writing things down and all the names bleeding They're together. Terrible Vietnamese pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Is the young lieutenant that he saw? Is it? Is it the I'm, special forces I'm, guy? No, I'm sending you a response. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't. Because uh, both names sound familiar. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Here's the refresher. When you were summoned to uh, Colonel Trong's headquarters. Uh, you remember that when you were going in, there was a captain, an Arvin captain, who stepped out. And the two things you noticed about him is, is you know, he's, you know, they're doing the Americanized thing, so he's got the Nung N H U N G name. Uh, but when you looked up at his face, uh, he had the eyes of a killer. That's right. That's the guy. He's now a captain. That's the guy that uh, your contact saw looking for Tay in 1955. He was lieutenant then, so he got a promotion. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and let me let me just make sure I give you his name and case. Uh, what do I have? At one point in time, I had his full name. For some reason, I don't see his full name on my list. So, um, I think Killer Eyes so, works. Yeah, it's it's Nung N H U N G. So that might be a guy that you want to do some research on. Send the Americans to go talk to. Say that again? Somebody to send the Americans to go talk to? Yeah, that's certainly a possibility. <laughs> or, or, you know, you don't necessarily have to go talk to them. You could potentially poke around and see what you could find out without a, a direct conversation with them. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I think this is probably a good place to fade to black unless someone has another thing to do you know we've, we've lost willie and craig could uh, make it so i, no, I think yeah, i think seems a good place to just call it done yeah yeah this has been a weird one for me i i don't know that i ever really hit my stride tonight but i do feel like we got a few more things in play for you guys to work with so um Go above table for a minute. Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, uh, but we can go table above table for a minute if y'all had questions as players about like where you think you're at or, um, you know, did I understand this correctly uh, before we, we wrap up while it's fresh in, uh, fresh in your minds? No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. So what I'm going to try right. to do, because I've been taking notes on paper, but mm -hmm. then I don't put them back into the doc, so I'll try to do that for this one at least. Okay, excellent. And then I will 
Uh, Although I only take notes on my own stuff. That's okay. That's all right. That's okay. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. yeah. I, I I know that Jackson's gonna you know go pull some crazy Google research and drop a bomb on me in the next episode. So uh, I I'm prepared to be unprepared <laughs> for that. Uh, let's take a moment and make sure we know when our next session is. I feel like we we booked multiples. I believe today's the fifth. I'm showing Monday the 16th and Monday the 30th. Yep. Those dates y'all have? Yep. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So I'll work on getting the audio out. I'll, you know, put a few observations in the Google Doc. I'll probably have some offline stuff with Mark to talk about. Uh, what he's going to learn from Delta Green and, and potentially see if he had some other stuff he wanted to do. Uh, and, and we'll move forward. I think you can now safely tell the listeners that November 1st is probably a really important day. And it's a, a day that will uh, probably be the outside date for this to, to wrap up. November 1st, 1963, not November 1st, 2021. Right. It's perfectly possible that we'll be in March of 2022 talking about October 30th, 1963. That's just how this game goes. So, as long as everyone's having fun, that's the game. All right, so let me do this. My official name, Craig Lee, so I know I don't have any Yeah.